0: Welcome to another edition of Killanoid with Bird and Cam. This is Bird, and it's always with me, Cam. How are we doing, sweetheart? I'm doing okay, it's Sunday. I don't really want to go to
1: work tomorrow. I, I slept
0: all weekend, so... That is, that is. Well, it's kind of over for us because we are Bears fans, and we're recording this on a day that the Bears lost in very Bear-like fashion. Um... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Mitchell things. Trubisky
0: fashion. Yeah. I I think the you know the funny thing is I was watching the game on Nickelodeon. They had a Bears game on Nickelodeon, which was everything you would expect for it to be on Nickelodeon. Oh my
1: God.
0: I and the that the greatest the greatest part about the game is they had an f bomb that you can hear. I think it was Cordell Patterson that like, fuck. Oh, this this traumatized little titties. <laughs> We I do like Is
1: that after the penalty or
0: whatever? It was like the the end of the first half, but it was fucking great. Yeah. Yes.
1: Shit talking or something.
0: Yes, but again, thanks to you guys. Um, it's uh, mm-hmm. always a pleasure to you to spend a busy time. I take a busy time out your day to hear us more about true crime. Um, we talked about Dvorakovich the last couple of episodes. Um, uh, very intriguing story about corruption and Illinois politics, which just goes hand in hand. But
1: it's odd times we talk about it, too.
0: (laughs) And this time, this week, we're going to be doing, we're actually going to start another two-parter, and we're going back into, I guess, the heavy dose of true crime and murders, because I knew a lot of the feedback that we got. We got good feedback, but it was kind of weird in a sense, because from what I was hearing, some people were like, oh, man, I'm just so used to you talking about murder. And it was, I mean, you know, the thing is, corruption and all the stuff that Rob was doing, that still is true crime in this case. It's crime. So I, I found that very, Yeah. It's I found it interesting. It's true crime, too. Like, so I love all the type of feedback. So I'm, thank you guys for it. You get, it. It just shows us that, you know, you guys are engaged and what we're doing is some kind of modicum of... Right, so fuck on with that. I'm, 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 I'm all for it.
1: So, a couple things. One today we were um, watching the Bears game, obviously. Um, and they showed up the Nickelodeon was post- was talking about it. Or had the. Uh, Video or what, or the, the game, and they're like, every time somebody scores a touchdown, slime, slime goes everywhere. Oh, boy. and they're like, Oh, they just wanted to teach kids football. And I was like, Oh my god,
0: yeah. that's the context. Slime, goes that was everywhere. about it. Yeah. Slime. Oh
1: man, I was on Slime Time Live one time.
0: Oh, oh boy, that's what she said. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? It
1: would be so fucking prime time live X rated what?
0: <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Maybe maybe that's when we that's maybe that's when we're off recording and, and whatnot, because we might be who knows, it might be kids or whatnot. But let's get back um to topic in this week or the next couple episodes because this is a story that we've been talking about for a year plus and this is something that is really Near and dear, close to you, because it's a lot of, a lot of moving parts. I mean, this is a unexplained death slash unsolved murder. It depends on how you, as we talk about this case. So this is something that you're going to be taking lead, and you just take us right away with it.
1: Um, give me one second. I, um. Oh my God! Happy 2021, everyone. By the way.
0: Yes, this is the first episode of 2021.
1: So How this is... Um, oh, yes. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy, happy, happy New Year. Um, this, this is just like, it's all over the place. Um, it's an ongoing investigation, I would like to say, a slash cold case, I guess, because it hasn't been technically solved yet. But it's an ongoing case. And so there's some information that we can't share due to it being an ongoing case, and us being so closely related to the case, but it's definitely something we we do want to share and that you have been following, um, especially me, because, again, um, we've been closely related to it, but, again, it's an ongoing case. I don't want to, like, you know, do anything that would be wrong. So um, I gotta remind everyone that we're just reporters and we're here reporting, so if there's anything that seems incorrect or you want to add or anything, please reach out to us. Uh professionals, golf people, what we discuss in these episodes are based off of reports, newsletters, reports, and more. Um, so if there's anything that, you know, seems wrong, you want to add, just talk to us. The easiest way to reach us is via <coughs> the Illinois podcast. With Bert and Cam. Um, But again, this story is just, there's just so many different rabbit holes. And to me, um, police discrepancies and like things that were kind of botched. Um, So I'm kind of excited. I'm excited. It's all over the place. I'm all over the place today.
0: Yes, you are. Um, So
1: Bert, are you you ready to do the damn thing? Oh, yeah,
0: I am. You know, it's just like one of those things like, it's morphing time.
1: If you could morph into an animal, what would it be?
0: Um, I would say a bear, but in light of uh, today, that would just be shameful. <laughs> Fuck that. No. <laughs> Put me a grizzly spot. bear or a black bear no, or a
1: polar a Chicago, bear?
0: A Chicago bear. I'll let, I'll let everyone down when <laughs> it matters. Know, since our bears
1: are looking so hot. Anyways, okay, guys. Back to the case. So, like I was stating earlier, this case is technically still considered unsolved, um, due to the fact that it's not closed yet. Um, but we'll let you guys decide after this episode or two. That's over. Uh, we were going to, you know, we were going to have a guest uh, um, would be very close, yeah. and we were going to have this special guest. And the two list um that knew this case pretty well um however again it came in an ongoing case
0: in the case, um so right and that then it might not mean, be able to show up right and that doesn't like I said to cut off um because we yeah, might have um, another uh the, a friend of the program uh debbie when she sees this oh my god she shot us out but uh we uh she might hear this like oh my god is he talking about us but we did have Multiple guests that we originally had planned on. So you know, who knows when we do part two? Knows if we're going to be the only two people, or we're going to add more as we talk about this story. Because again, obviously, it's a very (laughs) it's a very sensitive in terms of that special guest in particular. As it is an ongoing situation and and possible witness and whatnot, we have to be very cognizant of that fact.
1: Yes. So we have to again. Be very, very um, specific about what we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, again, majority of this information is all what you can find online. So do take your own thoughts and theories with it. Um, and again, we'll let you guys decide after this episode what you guys believe or not. Um, so the story we'll actually be discussing is the death of Molly Young from Southern Illinois, Carbondale, Illinois area. Um, Molly Young was actually born April fifteenth, 1990, and she was the youngest of three, the baby of the family. Uh, although the baby of the family, Molly had a soul that was much older than her age. According to Molly's sister, Holly Powell, Molly loved music, art, and literature. Molly was known as the very intellectual and, and articulate, and Molly is my youngest daughter, my baby daughter. She liked photography and art, and she was good at it. It is statement from Molly's father. And Molly was actually so good at photography, she ended up placing in a national photo competition in her high school years, which is pretty awesome. So like many teens, Molly experienced and struggled with bouts of depression, which she also wrote down in her journal. So coming from experience in my high school years, I was always told how to write down how I felt. And to be honest, I still have my journal from high school. Yeah. And I also have, like, different areas of where I write things, and I still go back to it. And it's kind of depressing. Oh, my God. Like, I had so many emotions in high school, I didn't know how to express them. So I was told to write them down, and, like, I still have my journal.
0: Huh. You know, this kind of, kind of, kind of a piggyback, I, when it comes with like journals and whatnot, especially high school, no, I don't think I ever had that experience. Like, I remember when, when I started in college and I used to do like journals, like on, they used to have this app on Facebook called Facebook Notes.
1: Yeah, that's why I would write my, yeah, that's why I would write it too.
0: Mm-hmm, and I used to write my, I would call it spoken word raps, and I thought I was pretty okay like but yeah that would be oh my like,
1: god i used to write it mindspace used to have like a note section too and that's yeah. where i would write it too
0: but i i just know like especially as i became more of a writer in my college and adult years like that's a especially for somebody like me that's an outlet where some where writers yeah. feelings or observations that i would normally internalize it that gives me something to kind of express myself in ways that I normally wouldn't.
1: Yes, and, like, being the person I was in high school, like, I had no idea how to look at my emotions that I had a lot of. Mm-hmm. So instead of, like, crying or expressing them, I would just get free and, like, be mean and stuff. So writing that, writing in the journal really helped me realize it's like okay you can cry it's okay to be a baby like you're fine right and it's a good it's a good uh, memory slash reminder of what you have overcome yeah so like reading that out wow like i've come a long way like sometimes i'm down on myself and i'll read it and i'm like holy cow like <laughs> a long way
0: yeah it's like one of those things like going back in time it's like man the fuck was I on when I was in that mode? Surely, like I know when I do that and I was like, yeah, I remember those days. Like
1: (laughs) Yeah. You've all been there. Us emotional people know what it's like to write in a journal. (laughs) But anyways, so after that Molly ended up, you know, graduating from high school and attending the college in Southern Illinois, which was Southern Illinois University. There is more than one of those. Um, I think there's one in Edwardsville.
0: That's that's, that's 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 how I use Edwardsville.
1: Yeah, okay, that's the Edwardsville one. And then there's one somewhere else, and I can't think of where it's at. But anyways, um, however, during college, Molly did receive a scare. Molly actually had a knot in her neck, and it was thought to be thyroid cancer. So on top of, you know, trying to figure out her own emotions— You can only imagine how scared and depressed Molly could have been feeling at this time. Luckily, Sergi was able to remove the mask from Molly's neck. And thankfully, they were able to find out that the mask wasn't cancerous. Or that was not cancerous. Um, But during this time, too, this is when Molly met someone. And that was Richie Minton. So at this time, to many... Um, Richie looked as if he had a great cover, you know, he had a great job being a 911 dispatcher. Seemingly looked like he has his life together and for someone in his early 20s, wow. That's just he's got a great head on his shoulders. But according to Molly's father, he had a very different impression of Richie. And maybe Larry was just being overprotective or, you know, he just had this sense, but he, he thought maybe he was onto something. And Molly's mother, Kathy Young, stated, I knew Richie was manipulative from the t- things Molly told me. I just knew he put her down. So, there's already issues going on now at this relationship that um, or there's a lot of insecurities showing. I don't know if it's a both sides thing. Like, I don't know if she showed her insecurities mm-hmm. in retrospect. He did, but there was enough uh, insecurities for his parents to mention something. And again, you know, I know most parents want what's best for their kids, right? which they probably hate anyone and everyone who dates their kid. Um, so I would understand why Larry would think that. And I understand why Molly's mother would think that. I, I had a friend growing up where her mother was like convinced I stole things from their house. Like oh, really? For no reason, like, I would just be sitting in her bedroom and I'd hear her mother, like, make sure she doesn't steal your straightener. And I was like, what, why would I steal a straightener when I have my own straightener? Like, Mm -hmm. like all the time, like, she always thought I was, like, taking things from their house. And I was like, why, I, I, I just didn't understand why, why, why would I do that? Why would I need to take anything from your house when I could just simply ask my parents to buy it if I needed it?
0: No, I can't. I can't imagine you being like a a thief. Many things you are, Man, but a thief is not one of them.
1: I am not a thief. You know, the first time I ever was in a grocery store, one of my first memories. I didn't understand the concept that you had to buy something. Oh, you know, you had to buy the product. Uh huh. So my sister and I, like, were in the backseat of my mom's car, like giggling. My mom's like, "What are you do?" And she found out that we like stole this candy. And I kid you um. not, she beat our ass like. <laughs> not literally but let me tell you it was enough for me to never ever want to steal ever again oh boy so i never did ever i was I... like i don't understand the concept of stealing like if you can't afford it why are you even looking at it oh yeah so, but like that's what my concept was like if you don't have the money for why are you even looking at it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah some people's people didn't like papering up like i was the bad i guess the bad kid or something
0: i didn't see it but you know i can on many respects i can somewhat see it but in terms of thief and whatnot yeah that's 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 a stretch and then some but going back to molly apparently her parents intuition about richie got to her because it was said on many occasions that molly tried to end things with her and richie but richie knew exactly how to get her back And he would do this, Cam, by saying he would kill himself if they didn't get back together. Now, according to Molly's mom, this went on for about a year. And I can just only imagine the mental toll that would take just dealing with that kind of toxic shit. Like, that's just, I just wrap, it's it's hard to wrap around my, my head, but it's a really tricky situation to get off because. Not only do you want to help the individual, but if one, especially a significant other, was to commit suicide, then you're going to have that on your conscience for the rest of your life. That's just a heavy Mm -hmm. weight that could eventually tear you down. But it didn't stop Molly from trying to break off the relationship. That is, until Molly called her mother and told her some crazy news. And as Kathy Kathy will later come out and say, is that she called me one morning... And she was with them, and she said that she was pregnant, and Molly was pregnant. And we talked about it, and that she decided that she was going to have an abortion. And Molly continued to state that, given her recent medical issues, she didn't feel healthy enough to carry the baby, which, you know, makes sense. Um, It has been said that Richie wanted a kid more than anything, and that he had extreme emotions towards the idea of abortion, but he did what was best for her and the unborn child. And... I can only imagine the – when he turns like he wants to – again, with a kid, that just solidifies, okay, I'm going to be dealing with this person at least 18 years. So it's always going to have just a stamp on this relationship, something that he wants to continue to pursue or wants to continue to have, and she wants no know parts of it. And also, she's thinking about her health. And so and I guess it's kind of like a double whammy of sorts like, of like – this might harm me in terms of carrying term. This might bring forth further medical issues. But then now, on top of that, I'm going to have to deal with somebody that I probably am trying best not to to involve myself.
1: That too. And again, that's another tri- tr- tricky topic. Right. Because, you know, abortion is a very tricky thing, especially when You know, one partner doesn't want it and the other does. And it's Mm -hmm. very, very tricky to even discuss or allow in some states. And like you were saying, Molly just had a health scare with cancer. And Mm -hmm. if you see a picture, to me, she looks like a very, very skinny girl, tall and very skinny. Um, And I don't personally think at her time she would have been... It would have been easy for her to carry a baby, but then again, I don't know her personally. Right. Um. But like we were saying, it seemed like a healthy choice and idea. And Molly explained, you know, to her parents what we were stating earlier that due to her health, it would not be a good idea. However, Molly explained to her sister the real reason why she wanted to get an abortion. Yeah. Holly, her sister stated to Crime Watch that she later told me that the real reason was because she didn't want Richie to treat their children the way that she'd always been treated by him. Mm -hmm. So what Holly was trying to tell crime watch daily is uh, Molly literally described Richie as a sociopath. She just, excuse me. She described him as narcissistic and a sense of um, just not having any empathy for others. She didn't, feel like he's really capable of raising a child. Now, that's a pretty serious claim. And if you ask people today, there's not a lot of people that can verify it, but it it, it to me once you hear the phone calls, it kind of correlates with that statement that he doesn't really have any emotions. Um, once we get to the phone call, you guys will understand what I'm talking about with him having zero empathy. Um, and I know that are very, oh, for me, for me, I'm going to treat you like shit and abuse you and not do anything for you. And then when you look good, it's because you're trying to just flex on me. So Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people like that. Um, so like I was stating, nobody could exactly verify this discussion of, um, Molly talking to Holly and having this discussion. Um, But what they could verify, though, is Richie did actually take Molly to have that um, abortion. And shortly after that, they broke up, which, again, is something that was quite common between those two. Um, However, what they didn't know is a few days later is when the world would change for Molly. On Friday, March 23rd, 2012, a little after 10 p.m., Kathy Young poked her head into Molly's room to say goodnight. And at this time, Kathy didn't know this was going to be the last time she would speak or see Molly alive. And again, this is at 10 p.m. at night. So Kathy told crime watchers that Molly at this time was in her PJs in bed. And so she seemingly just went to bed. Mm -hmm. And during this time, Molly and Richie technically were still broken up.
0: Yeah, I, I wrote that down as you were talking about that and I was just like, okay, so they break up but then only a few days later they're still at least physically together. Like is it one of those cases where okay they're cohabitating and maybe it's their names on the lease so it's kind of a little I don't know if sketchy is the word, but it's kind of a little difficult and like and and look the long term you're going one somebody's going to move out, but for now, let's just Keep the living situation as is until we figure all that out. I don't know if w- w- if they had that conversation leading up to this night
1: well, they didn't own an apartment together she I think lived with her parents and he had that one roommate was right. um but again they were like it was their early teens early twenties and I can remember I can remember my relationship was and they were just all. They were just all toxic, and it wasn't. It wasn't even like that. Like either one of us were toxic. It was more just because we were partying, we were living the dream, we were in college, we were out with friends. You know, we were just doing us and doing our own thing, and like it clashed with our opinions. And that's before, as an adult, you accepted other people's opinions. So,
0: right.
1: And the amount of times I've gone back to relationships too, it's like okay. Broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together. So it's like, uh-huh. I see the in common at this time. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's been like, especially in that age, and it's the, you know, the, all these, you know, I've, I don't know how many times I've seen relationships and you see the breakup of it, and you think of it first okay, the breakup was so bad, you cannot fathom that they're going to be in the room without just some type of carnage. And then mm-hmm. you just become dumbstruck with not only maybe a couple of days, a week, or whatnot, but they're back together as if nothing ever happened. And I mean some things where yeah. it seems some just high-level, just fucked-up shit. And I just like, I can never see... I, I cannot fathom those two or whatnot. And it it, it just, it it astonishes me to no end. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it's a lot of relationships during that time, your early 20s, you know, where, oh, my world's ending, oh, my Mm. first love, what am I going to do? And then, like, you guys get back together, and it's fine. And then you break up, and then you get back together. Yeah. And then you break up, and then you... Together, and I don't know if it's more like because it's easier just to get back together, or it's just like you know we're still trying to figure out our emotions and love and all of that.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I don't think I'd get that leeway. I, I just know I would be the case if that somebody just broke up with me. No motherfucker, you ain't never cuff me again. I I just don't I just don't <laughs> think I would have that benefit of well But that's just me.
1: Yeah. See, I don't I don't know. It depends. Like. Can like, I have a good relationship with them? Do I want uh-huh. to be with them? What?
0: I just feel like in, in cases of that, you know, and we'll and we'll we'll, we'll talk about the, the day in question um, that we're, we're all here for, but just kind of put a bow on things. It's just one of those things, is that especially with a breakup, you would think that that's a sense of finality, that you have made a decision that it is best to wish you well on your future endeavors, because clearly this thing... It's just not working. It's just not there for the long haul. And I'm beginning. That's just my two cents. And that's just in general. But then
1: if, if Richie really is this narcissistic sociopath that was mm-hmm. discussed, then he knows exactly what to say and do to bring her back. And, you know, just coming from experience, it's like, well, you know, everyone's got a... a most people have hearts and want yeah. to somebody benefit of the doubt, and, like, Okay, hey, what's the reason why you guys broke up? Was it something because you were was it next, or is it something because you were a piece of shit? And I had a friend that had a narcissistic uh, significant other, and it was it was bad because she looked like the crazy one and the psycho one, and like mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I'm crazy, and, but I'm not crazy and psycho, and it's like, okay, well, right. That statistics do make you look like the bad person.
0: Right. And I guess, as, as make, communications majors, com- like, I guess, especially for me, in terms of, you know, people I know that were in relationships, are in relationships. And then and when it doesn't go out the way that, you know, one would hope, you kind of just analyze it and see, okay, what goes wrong. And then you look at that person, the two people in, in question, and you try to, I guess, to do, do a deep dive, if you will. I, I'm thinking of one in mind. I'm not going to. Put his name out there, but like I, I, um, his, he had a significant other and it just was not, it was just toxic as all shit. And was it me? It was not, I said he, not a she. I don't like... You the fuck. Okay. <laughs> no, no, whoa, but they. Got they they broke up and then got back together and you just it just didn't make any sense whatsoever knowing especially when I would be on the the middle hand and I would hear these arguments and I would hear these issues and it's just like this just has this does not have a good ending and it did not have a good ending but as we're going to talk about with you know Molly Young and whatnot at least nobody didn't die out of this as unfortunately as it's going to be as we're going to talk about in a bit.
1: Oh man, I think I know who you're talking about now.
0: Yeah, sorry, man.
1: <laughs> we know a couple of people that had that got back together, broke up, got back together, and even had other things in their life when they got back together. They moved away, and you mm-hmm. know, good things, but didn't actually love each other. It's just shit's crazy. Relationships are weird, and. I'm glad now more people talk about, or openly talk about like their feelings and emotions, Mm -hmm. so you can catch, see who's the crazy ones, hopefully early.
0: But uh, let's just talk, in fact, that said, let's talk about we're all here for March 23rd, 2012, and a little after 10 p.m., Kathy Young pokes her head into Molly's room to say goodnight. And again, at this time, Molly and Richie were still broken up, but they're still together. And around 5.30 a.m. the next morning, something seemed to wake Kathy and airy airy feelings. What they call a, you know, a mother's intuition. Let's get the sense is that, okay, wake up and it's something is just not right. And Kathy went to check on Molly and she noticed that Molly wasn't in her room. So then she begins to text Molly. She never gets a response. After... Multiple texts, and no response. Kathy jumps in her car. She begins driving around town looking for her daughter. And she even rich, she even circles to what she thinks is Richie Minton's apartment complex. And unfortunately, she couldn't find his exact apartment, so she drove home. And when you talk about this those those hours, those few hours, I can only just fathom what the, the 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 terror the fear that is emanating in her mind like I cannot I have this bad premonition about my daughter and her safety and I am looking for her, and I can't reach her I can only it's just it's eerie it's scary right
1: It's and I'm not a mother yet but I know I've been watching I was watching it where it was literally just mother. It was called over Dead Body, and it's it had this premonition that as soon as their children were in danger, they became like this completely different person, this superhero. they like no, intuition is crazy. It's it's almost as crazy as twin intuition. Like, yeah, my sister and I. The, the other night we were both up at like three thirty a.m. in the morning, chit-chatting like it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Just like out of nowhere, texting me and I happened to be up. And we were just like, "Oh, it just it happens all the time, and it's and it's weird."
0: Yeah, y'all oh, just crazy. It's crazy. So going back to Kathy, she cannot find this apartment. And she drives home, and it wasn't until nine o'clock in the morning that police receives a nine one one call. And we're going to play the call that. Richie Menton's roommate, rest, Ro- rest Romick, makes to the local authorities now am one. And again, as as we play this, we're also going to infuse Richie Menton uh, making this uh, call as well. And again, when you listen to this, and it's one of those things that's going to, it'll jump out as it jumped out to us. So, we give us a second.
1: Hey, uh, we have a person in our living facility who we believe to be dead. The call is from a young man named Wes Romack, Richie's roommate, and the person he believes to be dead. Richie can take it from here. Oh, uh, here. Hello. Hello? Hey, I'm at... Okay, and who is this to you? Uh it's my ex girlfriend. Okay, and is she not breathing at all? No, she I woke up and she's covered in blood, she's overdosed, she bled out through the nose. Know? Okay, let's
0: kind of let's let's kind of deep dive this motherfucker right here. Let me put you on the hot seat, Cal. And we talked about this a little before we got on the air, but let's kinda of reiterate. God forbid if something happened to Adam, and I don't want to just put this out there, but let's just say something, or let's say something happened to you. This is this is freeload on that. I would like to think that you or Adam, given in that situation, if you call nine one one or if you call whatever, you're not going to sound as if you're ordering fucking pizza, like this guy is. This guy who has professed. To start a, a woman who is prof- who wants to start a family with, who is passing her over a year to stay with them, and she appears to be dead. She appears to have a drug overdose, whatnot, and he is just talking matter of factly. Does that, That's very striking. Like, what the
1: fuck? And it, it blows my mind, too, because there's not a lot of. There's really, I really couldn't find information of her ever over de, oh, abusing drugs, um, you know, being a drug addict, none of that. Um, so it blew my mind that immediately he's like, oh, she OD'd. Um, how do you know that? Like, how do you know she OD'd? I get you're a 911 dispatcher, so you have some type of medical-ish background, but how do you know by just looking at someone they OD'd? I mean, I know if you look at someone, and you know they're a drug addict, and you know they do drugs, and they are dead with puke on the side of their face, then okay, they choked up their puke because they took too many drugs. Yeah. But I don't know that for sure. Like, I'm not confident, and I would not be calm about that. I actually had an incident one time where I thought my grandma was dead. Right. (laughs) I... Went in, she lived down the street from us, so you know, I went in to go visit her. It was like I don't know, it was I was home from college and she wasn't waking up from her chair and I like poked her, said grandma, you know, and I freaked out. So I immediately ran out the door and drove to my mom's house like freak freaking out. I was like Mom right. mom, mom, like I think grandma had So I made my mom over. And as soon as my mom walks in, she like looks behind her to see where I was and I was like both, I was gone. I was like not even near my mom. Anyways, long story short, my mom got my grandma to wake up, but she was just sleeping heavily, so yeah. Um I was not calm about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different when it comes to those situations. But
0: But I mean, the fact that you wake up I don't know, would you be calmer? You, you wake up and it's like you wake up to just this sight of the person who you're in love with, who you profess to be in love for your life. She is OD'd, so you say, and she is not responsive. And, again, I'm just, me being very paranoid, I am, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm not gonna have the composure to be like,
1: yeah, like
0: what? To, to to have to call to dial one, like no sense of panic, no sense of because again, understand everybody has different reactions, but it just seemed very callous from me, and especially as we talk and to what we know and and as we give it to you, as we as you, know, as you know, Richie had the roommate Wes Romick. And West seemingly seems to be the one who calls 911 first. If you note that conversation, Wes makes a very controversial makes a few controversial comments, um, as we that wasn't discussing the video, one being he was working a late shift. He made a claim that Molly had texted his phone along the lines of quote wanting to kill herself and that he would come home to it. However, he also states that his phone was dead. So he did not see this message until he was at home, allegedly. He even states that he peeked into Richie's room and didn't see anything out of the ordinary. So this was around 4 a.m. And Molly's belongings were near the front door. So Wes knew Molly was there. So it's unsure whether or not Molly was either unresponsive or unconscious or what have you. But another weird mention about Wes was that they used his phone... The call 911 because they did not know where Richie was, but he also mentioned that Richie's phone was in the bathroom. So the phone call in question is an immediate assumption of an overdose, which again is weird. How can one determine what is an overdose without a medical background, without touching her, just seeing her? It's one thing to be a, a 911 dispatcher, but also, I don't know, to be a you know, uh, working in pathology or whatnot. You know, to have the sense of you gotta... To make that type of determination, you really have to know what the fuck you're Medical talking about. So, how can one determine what...
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then on top of that, he makes a well, mention... What? Oh, you are gonna say something.
1: I just... It was just so many different stories when I we were doing the research on the pet you know, it was Wes got this text message that Molly was going to kill herself that that's what he was going to come home to. So why was he not making sure she wasn't dead? Or why would somebody just randomly text that and it be okay? Like, I just don't... I don't understand why it was such a calm situation coming home to that text message.
0: hmm And on top of that, Cam, that, and it gets really, gets really fucking wild... When there's another 911 call, which just go, makes things completely off kilter. Hey, Amber? Yeah. Hey, um, you sent the
1: sergeant. She didn't know D. I just found my gun laying underneath her. Mm. She didn't know D. I just found my gun laying underneath her. Mm. Okay, is it falling? Oh, boy. So it wasn't OD. Okay. She was shot. Why didn't he check this before calling 911? Why didn't you try and help her? He... I, I, this is what drives me crazy. Okay. So he's a 911 dispatcher. Let's everybody know he's a 911 dispatcher. Yes. You should know the fucking first steps of finding a dead body. Why are you touching her? Why are you making an assumption? He first goes, oh, she she overdosed. As she killed herself. So... Did she commit suicide or did she OD? OD a lot of times is an accident. Why would she commit suicide coming to your house? And why isn't his gun locked away? How did he not hear his gun go off in the middle of his room? Let's even say he's a heavy sleeper. Okay, I get it. There's a lot of people who are heavy sleepers. I broke a nail last night sleeping. I don't know how I did, but I woke up and it was broken hmm but how could he wake up let's just say he's a heavy sleeper in general he later talks about how he woke up to a notification from his work that he was running late for work mm-hmm. how could he wake up to that but not to a freaking explosion going off in his room right and how can he be so calm about this i'm sorry even if she did, O.D., why are you so calm about it? Why are you so calm that now you know that she touched your gun that isn't locked away for safety measures? And like I was saying earlier, he knows the police work. He works with police. We find out later his parents are a part of the police. So why did he touch her? Why did he move her? Why did he do all the things somebody shouldn't do with a dead body? So those are all my questions. And again, I don't understand why he was so calm. That's, and,
0: that's the thing that's very striking, especially and you know, it, with the
1: fact so that we calm. can know. like I, How do you not see someone's head blown out? Like, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what an OD looks like, but I don't think most ODs you bleed through your nose. Do you bleed out your nose when you OD?
0: That, that I don't know. That's a good question.
1: I, I, I didn't think so, but I've never OD'd before. I've never seen someone od before. I've seen someone seize on drugs, like, go, go into seizure, but, like, I don't know. There's just so many questions I have to why this is being handled so calmly. And former police chief uh, Jody O'Geehan uh, explains that this discrepancy in calls, which, again, Already, sh- to me, looks like the police force are taking Richie's side. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jody O'Geen just continues talking about that initial call that came in as an overdose. Apparently then, as Richie went over to tend to her to see if there was anything he could do, is when he moved her. And that's when he noticed his handgun was lying next to her. That she had a head wound, and that was consistent with a gunshot wound. Again, his first call states that she OD'd. So how do you know she OD'd if you didn't touch her or move her? And if she was already de- dead and OD'd, why did Richie think he could save her if it was too late? So I just, if, if he already concludes she OD'd, why are you already looking at her? And again, Richie is no amateur when it comes to the police force. Like I stated earlier, both his mother and father work for the same department, so he's got a lot of knowledge in the background, which means he should know not to touch the body.
0: Yeah. It's as if he has the means and the opportunity to get away with it, if it is some case that foul involved. That's what I... Involve. It's just a lot of... That is what I... It's a lot of... Yeah.
1: And... If, there was a lot of different notes talking about that night. Um, it was, you know, I heard that, you know, first Richie's phone was found in the bathroom and it was dead, and that's why they had to use Wes's phone. But then I heard that Richie woke up to a notification from his work that he wasn't, like, he, wasn't, wasn't, he, he was late to work. So there's a lot of different notifications and stuff regarding what woke him up but I know
0: for sure wasn't a gunshot so it's said that the Carbondale police showed up minutes after the second call but here's is where the story just takes another turn it comes out that Richie's lawyer and parents who again were both related to the police force <laughs> all showed up and were there before police so allegedly all of these individuals knew of Molly's stuff. Before her own family did. And I think that just kind of. Just puts things in perspective. I mean, That would make
1: me so angry. That. Not only is his lawyer there. And again this was another story. That I found online that. That kind of crossed over. That all this information. All these people. His parents knew already. They were there. Who were both working in the police force. His lawyer knew and was already there. Mm -hmm. But his parents. Or, but Molly's parents still have no idea where she's at.
0: So it said that Richie had work was supposed to be in work that morning at seven AM. And also is that Richie was drinking heavily the night before. Now I can't I know I'm speaking for you when I say this, that we have all partied before hard, where a lot of drinking is in play. Oh. But If you're going to drink, why drink so much if you know you're gonna have work at 7 a.m. the next day and not being able to hear a gunshot in your house? But what caused Richie to actually wake up was text messages from a a co-worker who was mentioned earlier. That doesn't add up to me. Like, how can one be such a heavy sleeper to a fucking gunshot but wake up to a phone? And coincidentally, the phone notification is what helped Richie find Molly in his room a gunshot going to her head. So if you notice these phone conversations, they seem casual almost as there's no rush. And, you know, we find it out that it's he's so close with the dispatcher. Like, as he... I found seconds, it
1: like, she was very like, oh my god, she was freaking out more than he was. Mm-hmm. And they both have the same training. Right. And I just, again, like we were stating, his he was able to wake up. Okay, we've all partied till the sunrise with work the next morning. And there are some days where I could wake up, sleep for two hours, wake up and go to work and just be trash still and get my job done. Mm-hmm. Um, But still, I don't, I I don't know, maybe... I can wake up to my phone alarm, but I can't wake up to a phone call. I don't know. I just find it.
0: Much less, much less a gunshot wound. Just the decibels of that noise. (laughs) It's just going to supersede a fucking text or a call by miles and miles away. That just doesn't make sense to me.
1: And, like, that's another thing. It's not like it's, uh, it's not like it's like Chicago where you hear gunshots all the time. It's Carbondale. So it's like in the country. You don't really hear gunshots like
0: that I'll going this, off. I'll say this, and I'm glad you brought this up. So I live south South, Side Chicago. We've, we've established this point. And it's been a couple of times. Hell, a couple of times in the winter, I guess because it's the winter and you expect in Chicago instead in of the summer. But there has been a few times, I want to say the last month, that I'm laying down as some time to go to bed. And I can hear gunshots from the next block. Or I can hear it from... Down the block, and it's a much that we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of feet. And this man Richie Richie Benton, who is in extremely close vicinity to Molly Young, he doesn't hear gun. And I'm drunk,
1: fucked up,
0: and I can still hear him, but he
1: can't. That's what I'm thinking I've been drunk and annihilated before, but like I can still wake up to. An and, that up, and that wakes me up. That
0: wakes me up to gunshots, like boom, boom, boom.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: that's, that's making. But this is the one for me. So at the time, at that time, Richie, after conversing with police, Richie and Wes were taken to police department, but only after Richie was able to take a shower and wash up.
1: And, and the reason why they, and so the reason why I believe they let him wash up Now, if you saw my fingers, they're quotation marks, Uh was the night before, like we stated, he was heavily drinking and partying. Um, And he ended up reaching out to Molly saying help and needed her help. And so Molly being the person he was, she went over there to help him because he reached out to her saying help.
0: Right.
1: And she went over there to find out that he was just trash operated. He puked all over himself. And so... For me, being someone who's a depressed person, I don't go out of my way to help someone just to kill myself in the place I try to help someone. Like, yeah, very a, much, if I'm out to help, you who my focus is on. I don't
0: uh-huh.
1: go there in, with intentions to want to kill myself. I don't know if that makes right. sense or not.
0: But, no, no, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And especially um, as we talk about, we've talked about mental health before in previous episodes and depression and anxiety, and I know some, and I guess as me with depression and anxiety, and something that I found very therapeutic is when you know I have a friend or whatnot, and they're in the same boat, mental wise. It found I feel good when I know that I'm helping out with their issues and whatnot, so now that they're not alone, like I'm not, it, let's just say, you know. Lord knows something happens with a, with a friend, and I'm going to their house and I'm gonna check on them. I'm not having the intent of, like you said, I have to. Have, of, no matter what I'm what I'm going through, that this is my chance to off off myself. Uh, this is like I'm gonna just be just a narcissist as this guy appears to be Richie, and I'm just gonna make it all about me. Like that makes no fucking sense. But what this really strikes me about being able to take a shower and wash up you have a woman who is found dead of a gunshot wound and the police are there that is a crime they didn't scene. even think like twice- you have to oh, assume you
1: got puke on
0: wash right you can't make you can't make and especially as we go to part 2 and we get in more depth about the investigating the ensuing investigation and what was uncovered it makes it all the more baffling again you have to treat you, you can't make any declarations without you know getting some kind of uh, kind of this balance of this the uh, beginning like why the hell if you're treating this as a possible person of interest why would you give them the opportunity of washing away potential evidence like that makes no fucking sense <laughs>
1: You go over him or not, like, and that's another thing. I get all people who have depression are different. You know, we're, we all experience it differently. Mm-hmm. But like me and you personally, I like you were stating, I get joy out of helping others. Yeah. I feel like I've accomplished something when I know mm-hmm. I'm helping someone. So I wouldn't go out of my way to go over to someone's house who I think I'm helping just to tell tell somebody. That I'm not even closely close with that I'm going to kill myself. You're going to walk in on me being dead. One, he barely investigated it. Two, why would you go to someone's house that you're helping to to kill yourself? Mm -hmm. And three, if Richie was as drunk and annihilated as he was, why are you going out the night before knowing that you have to work at 7 a.m. And not able to wake up except to a phone notification. Yes. Yeah. So, I, not gunshot, which, I don't know if the gun had a silencer on it or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it did. But one, should been like, two, how can you not hear that but you can hear a phone notification? I get people being drunk and obliterated, but like,
0: Yeah. that's, yeah.
1: I that. don't know. I don't know. And then, and three, another thing, like, I I get it. Like, I, I, I get, like, the police probably were just like, oh, Richie, go clean up. you got puke all over you. But that also washed
0: away evidence. In the Carpagall police, I've been told, That's make the mistakes thing. like that That's a lot. The thing. And we'll stop it right here. As again, there's a lot to cover. And we'll save that for part two. And again, depending on, because it is an ongoing investigation of sorts. Officially, unofficially, what fucking have you, I don't know. It's, but, again, we have yeah, to be very... It's been, um, been- but, but, but yeah, that's, that said, we will, well, we will be back for part two. This is so much to so much to, to grasp. But again, whether we have the the special guest um, whether we have another guest or whatnot, it remains to be seen. But we will be back, cause I promise we will be back to talk about this you know, very tragic case where it just, it appears, this could have been preventable. It really could have been preventable and a, and a woman lost and her it, life senselessly. Again, that's, it, again, we'll, and
1: you can find her... Um, oh, sorry. Um, um, You guys can find, we found our research from um, Crime Watch Daily. They have a episode of this, if you guys would like to follow it. Um, I believe, I think it was Generation Y podcast also covered mm-hmm. this. Um,
0: but also, I mean. And then
1: also, too, we've been following.
0: Right. This is, this is you, because I remember, again, I remember before I even knew that there was a Crime Watch Daily documentary, <laughs> you telling me this story. And because of the, you know, the, the, the exterminating factors of how you procure this information. But you telling me this story and it was very, this was very touching whether what we were going to cover this. Because I was like, yeah, we got to do it. And you were like, um, let's hold back. Let's hold back. We'll If we do it, I'll give you the the, the green light. And that was over a, a year ago. Well, well over a year ago. So the fact we're doing it we're doing it now I mean it just shows you something but yeah like I this is something that you know has really uh, really been on your mind for a while to say the least
1: oh yeah and to uh, it's just there's I little way called justice for Molly Young so I'm more in this story than most um I've been following this for so long. Uh Uh, But I I truly, once we get past her two, that there's a chance why Molly couldn't have killed herself. And somebody in that household did something, and the other one knows what happened.
0: Yeah, that's... yep. And until then... So that
1: being said, they're both guilty.
0: Until then... Part two of this investigation of this story will be coming to you real soon. Um Cam, you can find her on Instagram, on is it Barboho? It's been a I, I'm gonna be very ashamed of myself because I should I knew this like the tip of my tongue. Like I know I know I know Twitter is I like stuff six thirty. Facebook is Cam E. M. Yeah, Instagram I think Instagram's just
1: my
0: first
1: name and in-
0: Okay, Cameron Bar, Cam- <clears throat> Cameron Barbo. Um,
1: you... Yeah. So if you guys can spell that correctly, good luck. Um, Birdman changed his name again on Facebook. Nor did um, it's been Alex Camp. It's now, Alex. it's been Alex Camp for a while. I always get you. It's, like it's Alex, Alex Camp. Camp. Um, and then Birdman for America, on D- uh, Birdman for America twenty twenty. Um, on Twitter. It's going to be 2024. And then this on Instagram. The gram of Insta. It is according to Alex Cam.
0: The world according to Alex Cam. All one word.
1: One word.
0: I hate you. One word. But we will be back. Again, whether it's going to be guests or whatnot. But we are going to go back and we're going to be talking about this more. Again, for Cam, this is Bird. As always, guys, thank you so much. Without your support, without your listening, none of this would be possible. Again, we will be coming back with Uh, part two of this tragic Molly Young story, and we will have more other episodes down the pipeline, so again, guys, I cannot convey how much that your support means the world to us. And for Cam, this is Bird signing out. We are Killanoi, be there or be killed, bitches.